0: Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star rating. Kate McKean is a writer and a literary agent, as well as an adjunct professor at New York University in the School of Professional Studies. Her Substack, titled Agents and Books, is immensely popular among writers and aspiring writers. She writes with humor and unflinching honesty about literary agents, publishing, and writing. You can find her at kate mckean, that's M-C-K-E-A-N, dot substack dot com, or at her website, kate mckean dot com. Thanks for being with us, Kate.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much.
0: So, I thought we would start. I found you because I read an article on your Substack that got my attention and it's titled A list of things that make me automatically reject your work.
1: <laughs> and I love I admit to a little clickbait with with some of my Oh, is that wh- perfect? Why not?
0: Exactly. I mean, that's promotion. You're teaching all the way around, especially when you come up with a title like that. So I love how you're getting right to the point. But before we get to the details of that article, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself as an agent and a writer and how you came to write your very popular Substack.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, I, it's just one of those things. I was always going to be a writer. You know, I just, I don't know, started doing it as soon as I could put some letters together to create words in English. Um, and that was always in the back of my mind. And I, you know, wrote in high school this all the stuff that we normally do that no one should ever see, you know, the stuff that stays in a box um, <laughs> that you learn on. Um, and then I went to college, the University of Florida. And while I was there, my sister, who was in publishing at the time and is very, very smart, said, um, I don't think you want to be a high school English teacher and I, what are you going to do with an English degree? You should get an internship at the University Press of Florida. And I was like, you're brilliant. Obviously, I will go do what you say. She's my big sister. <laughs> She's always right, but it's never rude about it. If that's even worse. But um, so I did and I was an intern there and I really liked it. I got to see how books were made. They let me do whatever I wanted because it was such a small, you know, a small company. And um, And I liked it and I couldn't get enough. And I actually then... Uh, the director of the press, who's still a friend of mine, said you should read this newsletter called uh, Publishers Marketplace, and it was like basically the the month it started. So this is a very many many moons ago, um, and that's an industry newsletter that lots of people read and has stuff about very specific publishing stuff. And in it, I learned about literary agents. And I was like, I think I could do that um, somehow. When I was twenty, I understood that this would suit my personality. That would um, allow me to probably not live in New York City my whole life because I had gone to high school in, L- in Long Island, close to the city-ish, I did not like it. and uh, I was, I'm from the South, and I ha- moved to New York. It was all a thing. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, if I'm an agent, one day I can work for myself, and I can work anywhere in the world. Um, well, it's been 20 years, and I still live in Brooklyn. <laughs> so um, that part didn't work out, but the rest of it did. And so I graduated from undergrad. I worked at the University Press of Florida for a year after undergrad as an editorial assistant, just doing the normal stuff. Then I went to graduate school at the University of Southern Mississippi. There I'm in workshop. I'm sorry, this is the long answer. Then in my workshops, I'm sitting there with my wonderful colleagues in this MFA program going, who's going to read this? Like, why are you writing this? Like, who's going to buy it? What are you going to do for money? And I couldn't turn that part of my brain off even after just working for a couple of years at a very small university press. And um, I maybe those were welcome comments. Uh, they were very nice to me. Um, but after about a year and a half, I was like, I'm ready to be a grown up. I'm, I'm done with school. I graduated early. I packed my car and I drove to New York City. And eventually, a couple months later, got a job as an assistant and then eventually found my way to... The Howard Moorheim Literary Agency, which uh, I've been there seventeen years.
0: Wow, wow, which
1: is kind of bonkers. Um, but for some reason, I knew so many years ago that I knew the agenting would suit my personality. I'm I'm bossy. I am. I like to be in charge. <laughs> um, I like to do what I want, um, and I want to follow my interests. And I don't want to go to meetings. Um, like I kind of knew that if I was an editor, I would have to sit in meetings for a long time. And I don't want to do that. So I didn't. And, (laughs) and and actually kind of this is a kind of a meeting for me, or when I have one on ones with editors or clients, or maybe there's multiple people in the room, but it's never a like, a weekly check in meeting with so and so like, it's just not the way that our agency is structured structured. So I'm glad for that. Somehow,
0: here I am. I'm
1: still doing it.
0: 17 years. And you're a writer as well. Yes. Um, I have an agent. I've, I've gone through all the stuff.
1: Um, I've had books on submission. I'm working on a couple projects now. Some things I can talk about later. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done all the, the writer things too. I've trunked novels. I've tried to, you know, beat a hot story, you know, a current, current events kind of story and didn't win that race. And <laughs> I mean, just, I had to write a query letter too. So right. I have been on both sides of it so far.
0: Absolutely. That's great. I mean, mean, that definitely makes you an expert. And I think a lot of people learn when they hear example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Me too. And there isn't one way to do any of this stuff anyway. But you see enough examples, you can understand kind of the outlines of the perimeter.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Your sub sub stack is titled Agents and Books. Uh, When did you start it? Because it's been around for a while.
1: Four years ago, wow!
0: Four and a half years so ago. So you must have I been guess? one of the first users of Substack. I I don't know.
1: I, I think I was a, an early adopter. Um, um, they kind of reached out to me and a bunch of other people in in publishing areas. Like I just had some friends being like, "Hey, did you hear about this thing?" Well, you know, oh, then I got an email I'm like, "Oh, did you hear about this thing?" And I really I really like the the approach. I like the fact that the creators own all the content. Like Substack does not own my content. I wasn't even sure about charging money for it for a while. I don't think I did for a while. What I wanted to do when I started it was to have, to create access to information that is often just nowhere codified, you know, and like, I don't have all the answers and I don't, I even pretend to have one or two of the answers, but it's hard to find the information all in one kind, one kind of place. And um, everybody's got a different opinion. So I was like, well, I'm just going to put all my opinions (laughs) and my takes on publishing into one place and do things I was calling then nuts and bolts, you know, uh, posts like this is a query letter. Or, her, okay, here's five, five newsletters about query letters, because a big topic, or this is what an option clause is in a contract. And this is what it means to be on submission. And this is, you know, just like, walking through some of those things so that writers can have just a baseline knowledge, and it will not be everything they need to know. And it will not necessarily apply to their books. And their friends will do the same thing and have a different re- response. But with a baseline knowledge of even just knowing what some of the words mean is better than nothing. <laughs> um, and so I really set out to do that. And then, um, th- those are my Tuesday posts and they aren't always just a nuts and bolts thing because it's been four years. So I've kind of talked about a lot of stuff and, uh, maybe I need to go back and, and revise. And sometimes I'm talking about whatever the discourse is on Twitter or we've, I talked a little bit about AI, just whatever's kind of going on. And then on Thursdays, I often run um, a q and Thursday where paid subscribers um, can submit a question to me and I will answer it the best I can. And sometimes there are other, you know, other kinds of posts, maybe some more deep thoughts sometimes comes out on Thursdays. And they're behind the paywall because just like everybody else, on my a writer who wants to get paid uh, for their work. Um, and so I try to keep a lot of information that I think the m- most people can benefit f- from for free. And then like more access to my brain behind the paywall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, and do you um, coach? I mean, if someone wanted to hire you one-on-one to help them.
1: No, I don't do that. That's, that's something that's not necessarily encouraged by the AALA, the American Association of Literary Agents. Um, I guess maybe there are some agents who do that, but really one of the only outside of being maybe a conference where I'll do a workshop and my own personal writing. Like the only reason way I can be paid as an agent is by commission for selling books. And um, there's a lot of wariness around other forms of income for agents. Um, so that no one's even the toeing the line of what Gen- Jennifer Laughlin calls schmagents, <laughs> who are not um, working with the best intentions Um, Or the only intention is to get your money. So the money always flows from the agent out, never to the agent, like from the agent to the client, never from the client to the agent.
0: Got it. So as Substack as a platform, you're pretty happy with because you're earning money for what you're writing.
1: Yeah, and it's fun and it's easy and it's low tech, honestly, to be honest. Like I'm sure there are many bells and whistles I'm not taking advantage of, but I just want to get in there and write and get out. And I I actually don't want to take, like, I don't want to write more. I'm sure that the stats say that you should publish X number of times a week to get X number of outcome on it. But I was like, nobody needs any more email. Like, they get enough from me. It's fine. I'm not going to, I can't write three or four times a week anyway. I just don't have the time. Yep. So.
0: And I find when the content is there, you don't need the bells and whistles. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. for. I take that as a compliment too. But also,
1: it's yeah, I totally agree. I just want to get in and get out and um and share what I have to share and, sometimes I'll be wrong and hopefully most of the time I'll be right.
0: Right. And you're, you're an essayist on other, um, on other publishing platforms as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've written a couple of things for poets and writers magazine. I've had a couple of, um, things in LitHub or, um, electric lit, uh, catapult, RIP Catap- catapult, which was a wonderful uh, platform for a bunch of different things that has kind of, um, gone away a little bit. Um, But, um, and I have uh, some upcoming columns in um, Poets and Writers Magazine coming up in the fall. So I'm excited about
0: that. Ooh, I'll look for those. I am a subscriber. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yes, very exciting. Okay. So Asians and Books is the Substack. Um, and it's Kate McKean at I'm sorry, Kate McKean dot Substack to find them. And Kate is telling us the Tuesday posts are free. The, the Thursday posts are for subscribers only, um, which is, you know, she's got so much great st- stuff on there, guys. You really got to get on there. Uh, so let me they would kill me if I did not ask you a few specific literary agent questions. So let me do that. So. The article that I mentioned early was a list of things that make me automatically reject your work. What What's number one on the list, if you don't mind sharing? Do you know Do you know that I actually would have to go back to that post and try to remember what I
1: actually wrote? Um, I, I think if I remember correctly, what it would be is a, a genre I don't represent. Yes. And that's really easy. You know, it's not like, oh, no, you spelled my name wrong. I think someone... Sent me a query today that was addressed to a different person whose name started with a K, and I was like, "All right, fine. You know what? Okay. Like, that's not a wonderful way to start, but I kind of don't care because it's just a simple mistake. And when you're sending out 50 queries or whatever you do, and you can make a mistake once or twice, like it's fine. Longtime readers of my my subcycle know that there are typos all over the place because I'm dyslexic, and sometimes I catch them, and sometimes I don't. And okay, if you don't want to read my sub stack because I have typos, like fine. I'm not necessarily going to hold a typo level mistake against a querier. It happens. But if you send me, um, like a military featured suspense thriller book kind of thing, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't do that. I don't know those editors. I don't know what the genre looks like. I'm a bad agent for that book. So that gets automatically rejected because you don't want me. That person found me and thought something that I don't know where they saw it or they just liked my name or they like my Substack and they think, "Hey, I'll give it a shot." Well, that's a fine shot. It just didn't work because I don't I don't represent right. those books.
0: Right. Yeah, and there's you know, there's research that goes into uh, submitting queries to literary agents and I think authors are so excited and they think that the work of the writing the book and then is is all there is and now they're done. But mm. really, that's when mm. the work starts, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's all work. Like <laughs> there isn't a mythical place where you can just like create your art and then send it off to the widget factory and then it will be a book in your hands in so many weeks. I mean, I guess so, but it isn't. It's a team effort all the way through. Um, so you are the team until you get the additional people on your team. So you are the whole team until you get an agent and then you and the agent are a team until you get an editor and then you and the editor and the agent are the team until the marketing team steps in, you know, and it's like an additional, um, you know, you're growing your, your posse as, as you get through the process. And eventually you've got marketing and publicity and sales and design and managing ad and like all these different things. Um, all working together put the book together
0: yep and bu- business stuff too as you also write about i'm very impressed in your posts <laughs> you know I, I read one uh about having to um establish a business situation with your accountant because of how you're going to be collecting the money and how you're going to end up reporting that um when you do your taxes at the end of the year it, it all matters
1: Yeah. And whether you have to do something like set up an LLC or incorporate or something like that, I, I, I am not an accountant or a lawyer, so I cannot tell you whether you should do that or not. And I actually consider it for myself all the time, but you have to be aware like, okay, if someone's going to pay you money for a thing and you live in the United States, well, then you have to pay taxes on it. So you should find out how to do that so that you do not get in trouble later. And and I'm not going to haul you off to jail for not reporting, you know, a $10,000 book advance, but they will come for you for your, their money and yes. you have to give it to them. So Absolutely, educate yourself beforehand.
0: You bet. And you know, Kate, the query is such a interesting tool. I feel like if you do the query properly, then you will have already started your book marketing because the elements that you should be coming up with in that query are all going to be used in all of your other media items. Do you agree?
1: Yes. And that sounds very scary when you say it to someone who has never done it before, too. So anyone out there who's freaking out, you can stop freaking out like it's okay. (laughs) Um, it's, It's to get it perfectly right the first time or you're just sunk. But when it is good and useful and does facilitate things down the line, it just it makes things it can make things much easier. And the way you do that is to just be honest about your book and tell people what is inside of it, you know, and it's not bells and whistles and it's not, oh, your your title has to rhyme or like these kind of set design things, these like window dressing things that aren't useful. But if you have written a compelling book and you can speak about it in a, that communicates how compelling it is in whatever the way it is, whether it's your story or it's your plot or your characters or whatever, then I as an agent can use that bit of compellingness to say to editors, hey, this is the thing. This is the book that does the thing. And then that editor can go to their boss or their team and say, this book is doing a really cool thing. This is the thing. Let's buy it. Okay, they buy it. And then marketing can do that and tell the readers. And then sales can do that and tell the booksellers. And the booksellers can tell the physical people in stores to buy your book. And you might they might be using that nugget that you put in your query letter. And certainly it will get edited and improved upon. But what you have done is just distilled the heart of what you've done, honestly, and forthrightly, to and communicated to other people. And that's it. There's no there's no magic to it. You just have to have done it. And if you have not done it, it isn't just like, well, if I had formulated this sentence differently, I would have a book deal. It's, it's never that simple. It's never that you can never drill down to this one thing that says why you may not have been successful, but it might be that you have written a book that other people have written and it's, it's very good, but it, maybe we have seen it or um, you have not written a book that anyone, you know, like we all write stinkers sometimes. This is not <laughs> a moral failing. It is just the thing that happens. Sometimes we're not all perfect. So I don't want people to stress out the fact that they're never going to deal if they don't have a perfect query. There's no perfect query. But you should spend the time trying to figure out what readers will like about your book and what will compel them to read it. Not like what you were trying to do maybe thematically or blah, 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 blah.
0: Right. And do you find there are certain elements to every query letter that just absolutely have to be there? Or is it more flexible than that?
1: Uh, the, the things that absolutely have to be in, in a query are, it's a very short list. Um, I like a title. <laughs> Useful to have a title. It should be a pretty good title. There's no perfect title, but um, if you have a good one, like use it. Um, and good, it obviously is an amorphous concept, but title your book and um, genre and if you are not sure about what genre you have you are you um should pretend you are looking for your book in a bookstore Mm -hmm. and like what shelf is it on and you get one shelf you can't be in memoir and fiction it's not a thing um and you can't necessarily be in parenting and self-help you know so you get one and then you can add a descriptor so you might be military history you might be romantic suspense you know, um, and I think that's a really good place to start if you're not certain about your genre. Um, so title, genre, and word count. If you're writing nonfiction, you could have an estimated word count, and you can totally guess on that number. <laughs> if you really don't know, but you can try to guess, you write a couple chapters and multiply them, that number, by the number of chapters you have planned. Or if you've written a novel or any other kind of fiction, you put the number down, and we need- Often, the word count can tell us a lot about the book. If it is huge, we know that you need to edit it. And I mean something that's like five hundred thousand words, two hundred thousand words. That's not a fantasy novel. And if your book is very short and it's for adults and it's twenty thousand words, and you've written a novella, and that maybe might not might be that might not be viable on the market.
0: Got it. Yeah. So those th- those three things are very very important. But one more thing. Yeah. What happens in your book? Like,
1: yes. tell me what happens in your book. Like happens I- in, even in, uh, in nonfiction, what I mean, by happens is like, tell me what the premise of your book is and how you are going to fill it. What is the promise of your book? 27 ways to get published, you know, or like whatever it is, like what, what, what am I getting out of this book? Um, if it's a memoir, sometimes that's the story of the memoir and it can function like fiction. And then in fiction is like, okay, did I have to go get the ring? Like, you know, you're like, do do they have to save the princess? Do they? And it's okay to tell me the ending in a query letter if it is fits in your um, kind of little summary paragraph that's in there, paragraph or two. Um, not telling me and like leaving it like a cliffhanger does not make me more likely to read further into the book to find out what happens. I'm perfectly okay with not finding out what happens in a lot of books. Don't need it. So it doesn't, it's not an enticement and it's not a spoiler. I need to know what happens at the end of your book to evaluate it as a professional. As a reader, I would not want to know it on the back cover of the, cop, of, of the book. So those are different. And 99% of the time, I will have forgotten what your query letter said by the time I get to the end of your book. So it's okay. People are very concerned about telling the ending of books in query letters. And I think it's okay.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're afraid people are going to steal their idea. Oh, that's a
1: totally different thing. That's a totally different thing. People are, have always been c- concerned that, like, agents or anybody is going to steal their idea. And believe me, I have never once heard of this actually happening because, <laughs> uh, you, for so many reasons, it's just not happening. It takes a lot, a lot of effort to write a book. And no one's just like, there are a million ideas in the world. We just don't need any.
0: Right. Like,
1: it's fine. <laughs> like, no one needs it we, I, everybody's got a thousand of their own ideas. right? And yours might be amazing, but you already wrote it. And so right. if it ever got to the point where someone was going to sue anybody, you got the timestamps. Like, yes. no one's stealing your ideas. No one's doing it.
0: That's it. And the thing, sometimes I think to myself, gosh, that, that it would get out there to the extent that people would try to steal something would be amazing, right? I mean, you're at step one. Ugh. You're at step one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no one's stealing anybody's ideas, especially in book publishing. I hear rumors of things that are worse in Hollywood in terms of screenwriting and things like that. But honestly, I don't know anything about that. Um, And it all sounds like rumors. Yep. So I don't know.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I have heard, um, I was listening to a podcast about this, and um, the host suggested that in the query, maybe equating your book to other cultural references out there is helpful for agents. I don't know if that's true or not. Like, for example, oh, my book is um, Wonder Woman meets Aaron Brockovich. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those types of um, analogies. Is that is that useful? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we call them comps, like comparatives, com- comparative titles. Um, and comps are used in a couple of different ways in publishing. So You can have a cultural reference comp where it's like you're just trying to give me the vibes of the book. So it's Wonder Woman meets Aaron Brockovich. Um, And that is useful. It's shorthand. It can really work. If you don't have that thing, then you do not need it. So you should not like shoehorn 16 things in there. Um, it, It is the bigger the comp the less power it has so if you're just like oh it's Harry Potter meets 50 shades meets this and that it's like just the big things and I'm like I don't know what that is like that doesn't mean anything to me um the converse is true too if it's completely obscure then I'm also not going to get it and you can't know what all cultural references I have and so you can just do your best just do the one that fits like I had one a a long time ago that was like the Borrowers, um, a children's book about little people in the, ba- in the, in the attic uh, meets Labyrinth. And I was like, yes, because that just, uh, ha- I had all the mood there, I, you know, and, and, and the scope was something like that. Um, and that was very useful and lovely. Um, there are also people will put comp titles in um, a query and that's basically just using books to say people who liked this book will buy my book, especially with nonfiction, but fiction comps are also useful. Um, and the only way that they're, the way an agent would use them in the query is to then, if, the, if they go forward with the book, to use those comps to the editor, because the editor takes uses comps to create the deal of money. And they say, okay, well the comps are this book and that book and that book. And they want them within uh, published within the last five years um, ignoring the outliers, the, the the Harry Potters, et cetera. And if they say, okay, well, this, this comp sold 25,000 copies in the first year. So maybe this brand new book that I'm thinking about buying would sell 20,
0: yep. you know,
1: and they're literally using them for math. So if you have really good comps and comps really good, meaning if you found out your best friend read this book and your book is just like it, you would push it into their hands. Like that's the kind of, energy we want from a comp to be like, what would a bookseller say? Oh, you loved, you know, oh, you love Meg- Megan Abbott thrillers. Like, oh, you got to have this one, you know? So um, that's what we want in comps. It's about sales. And, you know, you never will know what a book sells. Like you as an author who is not a publishing professional will never know what book sales are out there. So you don't have to try. Like we know you don't know and it's okay. We'll help, we'll help you with that. But you will know your genre very well, because you have read a lot of it, and you're writing in it. So you can honestly say, oh, as a reader, I liked A and B and C book, and those readers will also like mine.
0: Right, right. And when some... New writers, I would say, like new authors are, are just starting their first book, and they under they, that's part of what they need to do to, to find out the other books in the genre and how they're doing. It makes them very stressed because they think, oh, my gosh, I have this competition. But the way you're explaining it is more of using it as a tool.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're writing nonfiction and someone out there has already done exactly what you want to do, and you don't have a, another thing in your arsenal to say why you should be doing it again, like that can be that could be eye-opening. The inverse is also true. If there's nothing about your topic or scope of what you're trying to do on on in books, it might mean that there isn't a demand for it. Like a whole, we sometimes will say a hole on the shelf doesn't need to be filled, and you won't know until you try. And I'm sorry, it takes a lot of work, and that's just how it works sometimes, but if you think about it, anytime you get freaked out about like other books and competition, like think about how you read books. Haven't you read 27 books on the same topic or the same genre? How many, like I love historical novels that from the Gilded Age to about 1950 in New York city and France that have to do with telling uh, a woman being told she can't do something. And then she goes and does it. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's the book I like to read for fun and I read them all so I want more of them so it's not you know like think just think about how you approach it as a reader and you'll 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 freak out a little bit less I think
0: yes absolutely and I always I always like to say there's room for everyone especially because it's good story well told right yeah yeah
1: most of the time unless it's something nobody cares about
0: (laughs) yeah right but like
1: Sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, the thing is, is that this is a, this is a commercial industry. This is a capitalist industry. It is about selling books. We happen to be selling art and some books are art and some books are not. And that is okay. There's, there's room for all different kinds of books, but it's not a meritocracy. So just because you did it well, doesn't mean you deserve to be published because it isn't about deserve. Like there's no deserve. It, it, it's not great. I right. can't fix that part,
0: you yeah. know, but you have to. If you want it, you can just keep trying. That's all anyone yep. can do. And that's where marketing comes in too, I think. But we won't go down mm-hmm. that down that road. But I, I was wondering, in, t- in terms of the query itself, two quick questions: it, sure. Should it be one page? Don't care.
1: Okay. Absolutely not care because it's also an email. Like no one's sending paper queries. Certainly not to me. Um, sometimes they can be long, but it, I don't care. I, I I don't necessarily care about the length.
0: Okay. Great. Kind of it all. All right. And, genre, and your genre, the genre that you like to accept queries for, are you allowed to share that? Oh, mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah. sure. I'm okay. not currently open to queries, but I hopefully will be opening soon. You'll definitely know that either on uh, Twitter, on um, Substack, on our agency website, which is Morheim Literary, M O R H A I M, literary.com, and my own website, katemckeen.com. We'll make it very plain. All the places that I can. Um, I like historical fiction, as I said. Um, I like it more modern than not. Um, so, uh, 20th century, um, and I don't really want it to be about wars. There's been some wars. We've written a lot, of, there's a lot of books <laughs> about wars. So they could not be about wars and I'd be great with that. Um, Don't care. As a reader, I like New York and Paris, but I don't have a, as an agent, I like a lot of different places and stories. Definitely prioritizing and interested in um, marginalized voices. I represent a lot of trans and non-binary people across all kinds of genres and kids books and adult books and fiction and nonfiction. And so I have a lot of knowledge base in that area and what it, what, some of the hardships can be in publishing for those voices and I've and it's just been really wonderful and eye-opening and lovely and everyone I work with is amazing so I I feel like I want to say like you can come sit by me you know like if that applies to you like come sit by me and I'll see what what we can do let's see uh historical fiction I like romance like kind of lowercase r romance I, I don't do specific specific subcategories like regency necessarily I like i guess i would say I like contemporary romance historical romance romanticy which is a thing we are saying now
0: which Ooh. is romantic
1: fantasy Ooh, i know new genre I new re- genre. yeah i know i really like science fiction and fantasy um no military no epic fan- uh, science fiction i love space i love star wars nope i like that i like star trek i do not love star wars okay. sorry to those people who love that um i like space opera Um, and I like kids books I don't do as many picture books so please don't send me your picture books love middle grade uh, all genres love YA graphic novels all ages love them nice almost all the kinds one of the big things to think about with sending something to me is if you have written a very 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 long book in any genre and I mean over 150,000 words uh, you try someone else Uh, it's not like there's a cut off, like, well, I'll say, Oh, I will never accept a book that long. But like, if you are just a long writer, and like, that's your jam, I I get very tired. (laughs) It's like, I can't, I can't read it four or five times. And that's and It's a personal, it's a personal preference. It's not that no book should be that long. Yeah. it's just like oh boy uh it's hard for me
0: i was gonna ask you about that it's a lot of reading i mean do you ever get sick of reading how many queries do you read in a day and then the books if they go forward with a contract yeah
1: well you know uh the query it, the queries can really depend um sometimes when i've been open like sometimes it'll just be like okay well it's quiet on a friday i'm gonna i'm gonna bust through and i don't mean to say we like just we don't read them we just skim them and stuff like that but it'll be like a dedicated query time and sometimes something will come in and i'm like actually just waiting for another email and then i'll see that email and like oh well let's look and see what's inside here and then all of a sudden two hours have gone by so you have no idea like it it really varies but i will read for novels i'll sometimes read them up to four times usually by then i'm like we're done like guys uh we're done i can't read this again but i definitely read i'm on i'm on at least a fourth read of something right now for a novel that i'll should be sending out in the next couple weeks wow so sometimes yeah. it just has to happen you gotta see what they changed and gotta have the vibes of the whole book yes. all together
0: good for you yeah uh, and on top of that, you're writing agents and books. Thank goodness. I, I love what you're doing for for authors and writers. And, and I think they they deserve our time, you know, and it's that part of trying to get published that is so, you know, frustrating and to, to be able to give out this knowledge. It's like it's like opening the curtain to the secrets, you know, and it's not that secret. Like there are no secrets where I'm a
1: person doing a job. And it isn't all about my personal tastes, though, if I have to read it four times, I would like to like it, you know, like, um, that is useful. Um, it, it isn't a magical thing. I do not have the power of publishing and I cannot use my sword to bestow it upon you. <laughs> you know, like, no one is keeping you out of the garden. You know, it's like, it. it, it I know that gatekeeping is bad and, 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 and it is easy to say that, that is happening and maybe is, um, but mostly it's a factor of lots and lots and lots of people want the benefits of something I can do. And I cannot, as a single human, do them all for everyone. So then I must make choices and those choices suck for some people who don't get chosen. And like, I can't do anything about those feelings except for to be this as kind as possible. And then multiply me times the hundreds of agents there are, and like that's it. And then there are humans on the other side who are editors who can only buy so many books, and there are many more people who want the thing than we can make of the thing, yes. And that's and that's 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 what, that's what all the kind of angst boils down to it's just human power, it's just time and brains,
0: yep. <laughs> but you're you're unique, I have to say, because I've 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 listened to a lot of agents, and I can't believe you've been doing this for 17 years, but I'll go to presentations, and agents will present, and it's almost like they're angry. Um, Not angry, but they're a little little cranky, you know? And you're not cranky, and you use humor, and how do you stay fresh with it?
1: Okay, well, the crankiness stays in the group chat, because (laughs) that's where the crankiness should go, because of course things make me cranky, you know? And I'm like, oh, I've gotten... You know, I'm not open to queries, but I get a handful of queries a day. And I just said to this the responder that says, I'm closed query. Sorry about that. See you later. And um, I could just delete them, but I don't. And I'm like, I'll get, I've gotten the same one a couple of times. And I want to be like, my dude, what are you doing? Like, this does not work. You cannot, you can't like badger me into to, to reading this, but and It makes me cranky, but also, you know what? I don't know who this person is. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they just messed up their spreadsheet one day. Fine, just fine. Go about your life. I'll go about mine. I'm plenty cranky. But <laughs> I have I'm Southern. And so it's a little like you catch more flies with honey. Yes. And it doesn't help anybody to just be cranky on Maine all the time. (laughs)
0: Right. And in fairness, and you're going to think I'm a stalker, but I did read. I'm a fan. I'm not a stalker. I'm not a stalker. I'm a fan. (laughs) It's out on the internet. It's there to be read. Exactly. But you had written an article about um, people coming up, like what to say when people come up, strangers ask you for your opinion and how to get out of it. You know, if you're next to somebody on a plane and they say, oh, what do you do? I'm a literary agent. And they're going to tell you their, you know, story idea.
1: It's hard because you, what the person who's talking to you, what my seatmate wants me to do is to say, you're brilliant. Here's a deal. Yes. Like that's what they want. And I cannot do that. I cannot and will not do that. It will never happen because I am not going to sign up a person on a pitch, a verbal pitch at that because talking and writing are two different things. So I, I cannot give them what they want. And the only thing I can give them is a little bit of time and, and possibly a little bit of encouragement, but not too much because I also want to get back to my manuscript that I'm reading Absolutely. on this plane. You know? <laughs> right. And you're entitled.
0: So, you're entitled to do that.
1: Yeah. And then and then I can say, oh, I wrote a, I write a newsletter about this. You should
0: read my newsletter. And then uh, that will answer all of your questions. Very smart. Very smart. So the other question I had. Okay, last question on the queries. How many queries is the limit to send before you give up? $450 million. <laughs> I. E. there's never no number. number really yeah yep. well yeah definitely give up
1: at some point yeah because because sometimes you, it it's not going to work I have four books in a trunk yeah four yeah 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 totally I, they have not worked it's fine I'm not like pleased <laughs> you know I wouldn't have done that on purpose <laughs> but um it is fine to not sell a book uh most people don't sell their first some people do. That's okay and I'm sorry to everyone who's like listening to this and feeling crestfallen but like it can still happen to you. But if it doesn't, you are not a bad person writer or whatever. It just didn't work that time. Right? And so you can go do it again. And I know that is like soul crushing and takes a lot of time but it just is. Because you want to eventually write another book one day too, so you just have to do it now as well as later. Um Wait, I lost my train of thought. What? what, what, What's the
0: question? (laughs) When when to give up? When to give up? So, one of the
1: things that I think about personally and as um, as an agent is that I never want to have a lot of caveats when I say when I announce a deal or representation, and it doesn't work the same way as the agent, but as that writer to say, "Oh, I signed with this person." And well, you know, they're just starting out or they are I'm their first client or blah, blah, blah. And it's not where you have to kind of explain yourself, like explain the decision you made. And it is 100% fine to sign up with with a young agent who is being mentored by someone else or a new agent, I should say. You can definitely be somebody's first client as long as they are being mentored in maybe not person, but like directly by an experienced agent. And publishing houses too, where we have to, as my client and I will kind of decide to to keep going if there's more places, like when you are announcing this deal, do you want to have to tell everybody in the world who this publisher is, that they've never heard of, who's only ever done crosswords puzzles, but they want your novel, you know? And it's like, it doesn't mean that you could only ever sell a book to someone that everybody in the world has heard of, because frankly, nobody actually has heard a lot of publishers by name. But you know that feeling where you might have to explain it a little bit more than you want. And I think that that's the place to stop Yep. where if the people on your list, you have to explain a lot to the people who really know what they are, not your uncle or whatever. Like they don't know anything and don't worry about them, but like your internet publishing friends, then maybe that's don't get to that line.
0: Got it. Very good. Yeah, we really appreciate your time, Kate. Thanks so much for chatting with us. So before we let you go, what is, what's your favorite historical fiction novel? Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, okay. Actually, I have the answer to this. (laughs) Um,
1: It's only historical. It's not historical because it was written contemporaneously, but I really love The Best of Everything by Ronna Jaffe, and Mm -hmm. it is a publishing story, and it's set in the 50s in New York, and it's about women in the typing pool at a publisher, and half of them... Like just, Mad Men I love that time? A little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah, really. And um I love books about publishing. It's nice. so nerdy.
0: No, that's what I do. Do you have any posts yeah. on your sub stack about that? Like what your favorite yeah. books are? Ooh, all right. Goodness. I'm, I'm putting in a request. For my, I'm putting in a request. Uh, I don't have Tuesdays yet. I'll just... There you I, go. I'll read that tomorrow. I would that love tomorrow. that. I would love that. Because it, it, it really kind of gives... A little bit of a glimpse into you and what you, you know, are into, what you like. I think that would be Uh, great. Yeah. Thank you for giving me my. Oh my gosh! You're so welcome. (laughs) Anytime. Thank you for being with us. So you can find Kate at her website kate McKean.com. i'm going to have this information in the show notes as well as her substack sign up for it if you are an author who would like to get published someday please i mean the, the information is fantastic kate mckean m-c-k-e-a-n dot substack.com where you can subscribe any other places where people can find you that you love 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 for them to find you
1: oh well love is strong but i'm on
0: twitter <laughs> oh twitter okay good very (laughs) good
1: kate underscore mckean and it's easy to find me there aren't that many mckeans um on twitter as far as i know um and uh yeah i'm still there i'm still on twitter fantastic (laughs) and we'll be
0: hopefully you you will come back when your book gets published you come out and talk Uh, to us about it would you please (laughs) that would be great absolutely awesome thank you so much kate thank you and you are listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. You have been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Walk. Thanks for listening. And remember to share and subscribe to my Substack, Get Your Book Seen and Sold, at claudinewolk.substack.com. With paid subscriptions, some less than $5 a month, you will have access to all of my resource-filled posts and podcasts, plus a fill-in-the-blank book marketing plan that you can download. At the highest subscription level, you will also get a 30-minute consult with me. When you are ready to make some decisions about your book, subscribe today and let's come up with a plan.